Welcome to another episode of Get It Off Your Breast with me, Emma Gannon, and my co-host, Liana Bird. We are so excited to bring you our two amazing guests today, Gemma Kearney and Brigitte Aphrodite. We are talking about how, as a society, um, the way we treat the service industry, like waiters and waitresses, and is that good or bad, the way we do that currently? We also talk about narcissism and the rise of narcissistic personality disorders. Is it linked to social media? We discuss. And also, lastly, we talk about the word hipster because there's quite a lot of opinions on that. And we've been called them ourselves. We have, (laughs) sadly. Um, So, hope you enjoyed this episode. And before you listen, please, if you can, remember to rate and review us. It really helps other people discover us. Welcome to another episode of Get It Off Your Breast. We are so excited to be joined by Brie and Gemma, who are on a bit of a tour today around London to talk about many things. But today, you two lovely ladies, what are you getting off your breasts? Well, I've come in with no bra on, specifically, (laughs) for uh, getting it off our breasts. Um, I want to talk about something that has... um, I think built up over many, many years of, uh, I, need to, I need to talk about this, I need to do something about this. I was brought up in a restaurant uh, background from the age of, uh, my dad's always been a waiter and then when I was 12, uh, my mum and dad opened a joint restaurant and from 13 I was working uh, in it and that was it. <laughs> I've always been working in it really. <laughs> um, and I think in the UK we need to address how we treat the service industry, um, people who serve us in restaurants, cafes, pubs, bars, um, and value it as uh, more of an art form. There is a song from a musical called, I can't remember what musical it is, but waitressing is an art. And um, I would agree, a great waiter or a waitress or restaurant manager or bar manager um, is uh, a great artist in um, looking after people and giving people a great time. Um, Obviously you don't always get great service but uh, also um, it's about how you how you complain. You don't have to take out your life's problems on that person <laughs> that is, uh, you know, is, is on their feet all day and trying to give you a good time. So that's... Uh, oh, I totally agree with you. And I wanted to ask you, actually, what do you do if you're out with friends? And obviously your friends are your friends for a reason and you love them. But I do... I have had certain occasions where it's like, maybe not a close friend, but like an acquaintance, starts being quite rude to a waitress and it's like I get really uh, upset by it but how do you uh, how do you manage those situations yeah. it's really hard I think like one of my exes actually like that's one of the reasons why we stood it <laughs> up because he was also a waiter at the time as well so he was very obsessive about what he thought was good and bad waiting and it would ruin what's meant to be a leisurely experience like sharing mm-hmm. um, a, a time for coffee together with him just like obsessing as to as to as to what the, his, the service experience was like and and um, how much he should tip. <laughs> so you know, I think what's interesting about this as a subject matter is that it's so much part of our lives, isn't it? Mm. And I think as as people, we don't often moan about these things because they're kind of seen as menial, or we don't often maybe dissect the service industry necessarily if we're not waiters ourselves or we don't work in it. But at the same time, as somebody who doesn't work in that and hasn't for a long time, and I definitely have dabbled in, like when I was younger, like I go into places and get coffee, ice cream, wine, eat food, 
like regularly. So it's a massive part of our lives, that exchange. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think it's a little bit of a class thing? Because you know when you were talking there about like um, waitering and waitressing being an art form, and you sometimes will go to like a posh restaurant and they'll be like a maitre d, and they have an air of real confidence, and you do tend to be like, oh, you sort of see them as like, oh, amazing, this sort of gentleman, gentlewoman. And, and do you think it's like when you go to like a cafe, for example, that that is when people are a bit more, I don't know, dismissive or rude to the staff because they don't see them as so like high end service industry do you think slightly through that yeah probably a, a glamorous um uh, maitre d you probably uh, uh yeah you probably wouldn't be as rude rude to and not everybody is absolutely rude i suppose it's expectant of different standards from different amounts you're paying um and different yeah different places you're going but just that general that general empathy that you know, if somebody, if a place is really, really, really busy, that the, you know, it might take a little, things might take a little bit longer, and just that understanding mm. of like, you know, somebody hasn't got 12, 14 <laughs> hands, um, and you know, uh, yeah, uh, and something I always experience and like is is people like something really interesting about um, being a server is. Uh, uh, yeah, the life problem things people take out other things that they're anxious about on people that are just stood there and sort of blank to them. But as a wait, as a waiter for many many years, I never forget the people that are terribly rude. And then they mm. see that you do something else, or you know you're in, you know you do something, you have other things that you do in life, so you're out socialising, and um, they they might treat you differently. Mm. I think we really need to readjust that and then also talking about friends who treat people badly what I always try and do is go oh maybe they've had a maybe they've been working a 14 hour split shift or Mm. I mean look sometimes service is really terrible um but there's there's ways that you can I think we can be as um, in like Greece or Italy if something was terribly wrong with your plate it wasn't to your taste and you're paying for it they'd say straight up you know, um, I'm, not, I'm not really, I don't think I can eat it like this. Um, can, yeah. you, can you change it now? Whereas <laughs> we, <laughs> we tend to go, oh, this is disgusting, I can't eat it, I'm paying all this money, and oh, we get to the end and we get more and more furious. And then at the, at the end, maybe we'll go home and write a TripAdvisor with you. And then I always think, oh, no, I could have, I could have, I could have solved that as a waiter. Or, you know, um, so, maybe, so communication yeah. is key there, key. and that goes back to what I was saying. Right, rather than letting it brew, because if you're with somebody that you're seeing is is not enjoying their experience, mm. it's hard because it's contagious, isn't it? Mm. And you feel for them because you want them to have a, a good experience. But if you're just watching them not actually communicate that, then <laughs> that maybe that is a British thing. Yeah. And I also think it's a regional thing as mm. well because you know myself and Brie don't live in London anymore and um, we've got different views as to like why we live in, in, in somewhere different or not views we've got di- different reasons that's what I mean as to like why but one of the things for me is like the swell of rudeness in this oh, really? city yeah I feel like this city is I mean it's a cliche isn't it to be like oh London is really busy London is really stompy London is really like gnarly faced mm. and all these things but 
I think, you know, with the rise of chains, like, and with the rise of capitalism and um, austerity, actually, it makes us more angry, more anxious and more rude. And less, like, locally friendly with other people. Yeah. Because I, like, where I live, I actually do know, like, the two people that work in my post office really well, because I'm always in there, like, posting the big <laughs> part of my life. But it's always, like, I ask how they are, and then, and then the other day, one of them was like, oh, I'm actually... Not, not very well today, like, and my child's ill or whatever, and, we, and it was, um, like, her child had a cold and she's been up all night, and it was, like, just that exchange of, like, you're a person. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, God, I hope you're right, and I don't know, it's just pe- people are people, and even if you're having a go at a taxi driver, for example, because he's lost, mm. like, well, maybe he's had a really bad day. But I think it's, it's really easy to dehumanise people, and yeah. I'm actually, like, I'll, I'll confess, like, the, the one time, I, I slightly do it with traffic wardens, like I get really angry at traffic wardens and I have to remember like they're doing their job and they probably had a shit day too. But the, the worst, and I feel terrible about even admitting this, but you know when you're on the phone to someone like trying to fix the internet or trying to fix your phone or something mm. and they, they oh obviously like, sometimes they just don't have the skills or the knowledge because they're being paid like nothing. They may be not even in this country They have mm. they, and their job is to kind of slightly fog yeah. you off. And you get angry because they're not in front of you. So you can't see them as a human and you forget, you're not looking in their sad little eyes. Like, yeah. you know, and, you, and I get really ragey and angry and I take out my life frustrations on them and I feel terrible afterwards. But I think it's so much easier when you've got that technology separating you. Yeah. I think it's really important yeah. to say that nobody's actually perfect. Okay. And yeah. I'm definitely, like I feel, anxious talking about this because I'm thinking back to what a horror I can be I you know and, and I think again that was another reason why I had to like grow up a bit and think about that because uh, you know it, it feels bad to be rude but isn't it, it so easy to have that boiling over rage like it's it you shouldn't like a pizza that's late shouldn't send you over the edge but I think you feel it. It's like in the air, isn't it? It's an energy. If you're in a space, whether that's a restaurant um, or even like something more personal, like a dinner party or whatever, you can, you could, not that people are waiting on you at a dinner party, but in terms of that energy, the energy is really important. And you could tell, even when, by the way that food tastes, for example, whether it's like there's love and care there. Mm. And then sometimes if you're somewhere, where it might be coming from management, or, or maybe it's coming from that particular way or whatever. Like, it just feels like no one really, like, yeah. the anger yeah. is like two ways. And, then, that, it is fi- no and then it is fine not to pay the service at the yeah. end. Yeah. It's fine to say, oh, oh, I felt like it was a bit hostile. <laughs> I can't pay that 12.5% service. And that is limited fine. And if it's been amazing, then it's fine to leave an yeah. extra couple of quid on yeah. top. Do you know if you've ever found in France, it makes me laugh because like, I find that the serving, like when you go to a restaurant, they're really rude to you, but it's almost like it, it's not a thing. It's just like they're yeah. And so sometimes you're in and the waitress will come and be like, ugh, what do you want? <laughs> and you're like, um, can I, can I see the wine list? And they're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh God, what have I done? I'm so sorry, we're so British. And you're slightly apologetic, like, I'm so sorry, could, could, I, could I have a wine? Um, and can I, I, like, can I speak, right? please spend a hundred pounds? Yeah. Please, can I, can I? And they kind of flick their hair at you. Like, you're oh. like, oh, that croissant was amazing. Yeah, have to for it. How yeah. dare you want yeah. a pudding? Yeah, oh, <laughs> and then they walk away and they're like, this Parisian experience <laughs> right here. They've switched the status, haven't they? They're like super high status, mm-hmm. and you, you're yeah. the assets. Whereas here, I think we're a bit high status, aren't we? With it's not just service, is it? It's like you know, traffic wardens, yeah. cleaners, mm-hmm. things like that. We can we can be a bit high, and it's like you were saying. Actually, we're all humans. We're all equal, and you sh- you shouldn't 
have that mm. kind of and yeah. also like say it's sort of being aware of when something might be coming from their management and they are literally just doing their job like one of my pet peeves used to be you know when you go and pay for something and it will be like i don't know you're in wh smith and it's like a, a notepad and a pen and they're like harry bows like, like that kind of extra push at the till and, and you're like no thanks but that's not them doing it to annoy you they've been told to do yeah. that and so it's just having that self-awareness of like be nice and yeah don't just be annoying annoyed like, all the time some of the best exchanges i've had is when i do just like go into what i hope is like the real me of just being like connective and human and nice so even if you're exhausted or you're really really pissed off about something you know maybe you've actually checked your bank balance and you just think god mm. i'm gross like i've spent too much money or you know like there's moments where you just like you just don't want you want to shut down but if you do open yourself up to humanity and you have a chat with mm. a cab driver mm. you say hi to the person in the post office i mean this is all simple stuff but we do need to remind ourselves of it are nice to wait and have a chat about the day some of the most amazing conversations and amazing exchanges and amazing moments have happened like when i've done that i've, I've like as you saw as you drove I was gonna up say, I love that we, we, we turned up to the interview and Gemma was just like classic Gemma like taking photos of her uber driver and, like deep in chat and like new best buddies and brilliant we all like met him and i mean he was, yeah he was incredible i was like I feel, he had a jaw that really reminded me of some members of my family and he's from ghana and i know that I mean, this is deep um, so my family is half Jamaican and um, he, he looked so strikingly like some of my family members that I actually had to ask him like where he's from and he's from Ghana and a lot of the slaves that ended up in Jamaica came from Ghana and he has a really similar face to those people in my family. So I'm really glad that I asked him yeah. and I'm really glad that I opened up to him and I'm really glad that we talked so I got his surname and who knows, like, I don't know, I need, it'd be interesting to trace but just, it's really, um, the, yeah, I've had some profound and beautiful moments from talking to people that you wouldn't ne necessarily have expected yeah. to talk to that day so it is worth trying it even if you're in a rage yeah. and life is hurting you. Yeah, it's like just breaking the norm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sometimes it can really let the sort of lovely light in. Yeah. Into, into both both people's day, but I am not. Um, I am not perfect in this because we're like you say, traffic wardens, train, train, people on trains that if I lost my ticket, do you remember the time where I started screaming oh, yeah. at the man? <laughs> <laughs> we had to pay it You were getting political. Yeah. That guy. I was like, this is we're everything like, that's wrong with the government. We were like super right. hungover, like coming back from Birmingham in a rush, and then she's just like, the government, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, I'll get another ticket here. Like, so, it probably wasn't called for. He was only just following his job, <laughs> but you know, like, so I'm not. I'm definitely not perfect this in like not you. letting out my rage <laughs> down the street <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only appropriate one appropriate places <laughs> it, yeah. it is true about how rare it is I think because my friend actually she was like it was a really interesting social experiment recently at an airport the flight got cancelled and that's like airports mm. are a raging pit of like anger it's like flights are delayed yeah. everything's going wrong people are angry and basically the flight got delayed everyone was up in arms like screaming kicking off being really like rude she basically silently just went to the front and said mm. um it's fine i don't mind um like thanks for thanks for dealing with this to the to the to the guy behind the counter and he was like because you've been so nice like basically i'm going to book you for free on this mm. one that's going in five minutes time 
and anyway, something happened, mm. and um, and she was just like, God, it was interesting. Mm. Yeah. But just being that one person that isn't kicking off. Mm. Airports yeah. are the worst. People go, <laughs> people show their ugly <laughs> true selves at an airport. Airports and road rage. I've, yeah, I've been the road. Well, thank you so much, ladies, for getting that off your breast. Oh yeah, it's up good. I'm feel sure. much lighter now. <laughs> um, I have something to get off my breast too, and this is about social media which we do talk about quite a lot, but it's specifically about narcissism. And there's been a, there's a really interesting statistic that came out that said that, um, this is actually for the USA, but it said the diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder has been rising so sharply in the past 10 years, it's now comparable to the rise in rate of obesity. So it's like an actual serious, like, mental health issue that is on the rise. And at the same time, we see, like, social media, like, going up so much I think like 1.4 billion people are on Instagram now a day and like using social media um, 80 million photographs are uploaded a day to Instagram so it's like is there is is it lazy to connect the two or is this kind of whole obsession we now have with our image and with social media is it actually like feeding to the narcissist within us and making people who have like perhaps got a pre-existing like potential to be narcissistic is it kind of feeding that and exasperating and actually making people sick Really. Could you just define quickly like what a narcissistic personality disorder means? Like the actual yeah. symptoms of it as a serious thing? Because I always think, I always use narcissistic as like, I didn't realise it was like an actual personality disorder. Okay, so this is, this is, I think this is quite an important distinction because you can call people narcissists and I think we're all narcissists a little bit. Mm. If you look in the mirror, you're slightly narcissistic. <laughs> we've, I think we've, all, we've all got our own narcissists. I never look in the mirror. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like narcissistic um, personality disorder, so this is how it's dis de defined, um, a deep need for admiration, an inflated sense of one's own importance and a lack of empathy for others. And the symptoms of it are dreaming of unlimited success, which I think many of us do do, <laughs> craving attention from other people, tick tick, um, <laughs> and showing few warm feelings in return and then choosing your friends based on prestige and status rather than personal qualities. Oh. But, I mean, the thing is, we can throw it open to both. Like, obviously, narcissistic personality disorder is quite a serious thing, but mm. there is also just the general feeling of narcissism within us all. Like, do you guys think that social media can be blamed for it or is that lazy? I definitely think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely. I mean, I'm not an expert because I... Uh, because I'm not an expert because I'm not that... I'm not that good at technology, but it definitely, it, it, working with a lot of young people, it definitely, constant selfie taking, uh, it's definitely going to have, uh, it's definitely going to have a, an effect. Um, and, and actually, you do get applauded if you put a really gorgeous picture up of yourself um you know uh, yeah. and it does feel really nice <laughs> when you put that gorgeous Which, picture up it releases, most of the time you like look scientifically gross. releases dopamine in <laughs> yeah. the brain so, you when know. you get a like yeah when you yeah. get a like and um i've read studies that compare some of the feeling of high that you get from putting something that you're proud of out online to being as addictive as heroin. Mm. Mm, that's really interesting. I feel exactly the same, and I think, of course, it is feeding into this um, thing where it's like your ego is being, um, it's growing and growing and growing from, from your social media presence. But I think all I would say is I can't, I don't think we can blame anyone mm. for joining in this rat race because, like you were saying, Brie, like if you're rewarded, for getting attention, getting likes, getting followers, and like you get more money, you get a bigger career, you get all these opportunities. It's like 
society as a whole is, is making us act this way. Mm. So I think I always say, like, especially to like maybe young women, say, like in schools who ask for advice, I want to say to them, please speak up, please self-promote, please put your work out there because no one else will. Um, so, so in a way, is that narcissistic because you're like elevating yourself? But I think, what's the other option? Mm. Should should we maybe like put health warnings on social media when people join up? Because you know, like with cigarettes now, you get like a danger, you can get lung cancer. Like, is should it be like serious, like mental health warnings, or like be aware of you know what this could lead to? Because I do think, especially like between the age of seventeen and twenty-one, I think it is, you're particularly vulnerable to it because that and like everyone whether you're a narcissist or not will go through like a narcissistic phase because that's the age when you basically need to stop being a child and start to find like you see your own role in society and start to define who you are so you're kind of in that phase anyway and it's like you're really vulnerable and then suddenly there was so much pressure on you as well to like put the gorgeous photo up like get the likes get more friends and like can you imagine just having that pressure on you like from the age now of like what five or six that you're being exposed I to? I honestly can't imagine it. I was way ahead of my like beyond my years, not ahead of my time. God I was a little shit. <laughs> <laughs> but like I really wanted to go to nightclubs from age thirteen. Like I had a serious relationship by then. I always obsessed over like how short my miniskirt was because I wanted it to be the shortest and like used to cross my wonder bra at the back so that I had a cleavage and I cared a lot about my image and being sexy and um and and living life as a grown-up like and I think that if I was projected to the culture that is being presented a lot online and that can kind of mean anything mm. like it depends on like where you go to school who your friends are what you're into really like in some i know this from visiting schools in some places it's to be like stick thin and um to be able to wear like skinny jeans and have messy hair for others it's to have a tiny waist a massive bum big boobs you know so there's not i'm not talking about one it's not one personality there's not one celebrity there's not one social media that is to blame it, it's very complex it's a big tangled mess but i know for a fact one thing i do know is that if i was my age if i was 13 like now I would be susceptible to some quite serious like mental health issues, I think. Because mm. I wasn't very happy kind of anyway. There was big stuff going down in my life as it was. If I was to add on this pressure, fuck. Yeah, mm. yeah because you <laughs> yeah. could get away without uh, social media back then. Like if you wanted to, you could go away and you could totally be disconnected from your friends at yeah. school, couldn't you? I remember like just wandering around not having any connection with anyone, and that was time to get my head together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I found some diaries. This is like the oh. worst thing you can do, is find, like read your old diaries from your teenage years and be so, so glad you didn't have social media to blog <laughs> and things like that then. But I found some diaries, I must have been about 13, 14, and it was kind of the age when you're interested in boys and, and or girls, but I was interested in boys at that time and, and, and starting to worry about what they think about you. And honestly, like, I was, I was shocked to see, I was obsessed with how I looked. Like, I had this image of myself as really overweight, and I was like drawing pictures of myself and like imagining all these scenarios and like really like beating myself up. And so that's me like with a piece of paper in isolation doing that. Now imagine like putting those photos up and having like the comments and all not getting the likes. And that just, 
I just look at how fragile I clearly was at that point and when I was like basically like self-flagellating and mm. drawing like hideous pictures of myself and stuff like and it's just you just imagine that magnifying mm. glass that you add on to that I sorry to keep banging on but just because I have spoken to a lot of people about mm. this and I wrote about it in the book and I really like went in on myself and thought about it and um and thought about how to articulate my feelings about this without crying or screaming but you know, direct from the mouths of young people today. I went into one school, which kind of looked like Hogwarts, and it was a girls' school, and they were awesome. And I thought, God, these guys are having a lovely time in terms of education. We were in the library, their teachers were quite progressive. And they just opened up to me a subject matter which hadn't been discussed uh, amongst their classes because it wasn't necessarily relevant, but there was a huge self-harm issue mm. within their school amongst their year nine group, and they were really worried about it because it was becoming a bit of a trend. The teachers didn't know this was going on. When I left, they were like, right, we can focus on this as a problem now. But the way they spoke about it was just really interesting, and we were talking a lot about like the romanticization of self-harm online. Um, and, you know, unpicking it from a bigger perspective, there was lots of different threads that were part of this problem. Again, I am no expert. I never pretend to be. Mm. I'm not a psychologist. I am not trained. I'm just an open-minded person who's dealt with shit, some shit in my life or know people that have dealt with other mm. shit. And... Um, uh, and choose to talk about that um, and you know we were talking about just different things as to how we view ourselves what we want from our lives how people are interacting with social media one girl said that she could sit in a three-hour stretch and take up to 60 selfies in isolation she was sweet gregarious cool funny articulate and that's what how she was choosing to spend her spare time and everybody just thought it was funny and normal I then opened it up to the kind of the, the crew the girls and I said have you ever seen a picture of your parents your age, one of your parents, or someone that you like, that you love, that you know, your age, an old school photograph? And they were like, yeah. I said, okay, are they smiling in that? Do they look happy in that picture that you're imagining? And they were like, yeah. I was like, that's because they didn't know what the picture was going to look like for at least two weeks. <laughs> and they were like, whoa! I was like, imagine if you only saw your own face in the morning when you brushed your teeth, when you went to the toilet in the day and you wash your hands, and then you saw your own face at the end yeah. of the day when you brush your teeth again. Also, those pictures of um, family members are like they're it's because they're in a nice setting or they're on holiday or they're in yeah. a vacation. Why would we want a big face and then the sunset? Like, don't obscure the beauty of the surroundings. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> With my face in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> the Grand Canyon is beautiful enough. Don't I look elated? Don't I look elated? And then afterwards, you're just a, a like, animal. I don't know why. <laughs> so, so, with this whole selfie thing, though, right? So, this is going to sound probably, and it's really quite like, it was probably quite bad, like how flippant it was, but. My friend and I, when we first got on Instagram, used to do a thing and we'd call it like the selfie game and we'd look at our friends mm. and we'd count the last 15 photos and like the more <laughs> selfies they had, the more we'd be like, well, they're narcissists. And I know that's quite bad, but... That's deep. But, no, but in, on, in all honesty, now, when I look down at, like, if I know people who are, like, really taking, like, very posed, made up, like, gorgeous, but very selfish, I do think, like, are you okay? Like, mm, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Just, just like, there's something going on are in your okay, life that you're feeling a bit shit about yeah, yourself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I think it can be That is so interesting, because it's so true, isn't yeah. it? Like, it's like, it's like when you... It's when so it, true. But it's like when if someone, in a, like, is writing, like... I'm so in love, we're so happy, we're, oh my God, me and my husband, like you're going, are you guys all right? Are you about to get divorced? 
you need that, to talk that about that it. That proven. Oh, really? That the more lovey-dovey, the more selfish, the more I'm in love, I love my boyfriend, the more they're on the brink of breakup. But I thought what was really interesting about what you just said, though, is that I thought the empathy part was really, really important because if you're starting to lose empathy for other people in the world, that I, to me, that's like red flag. Like, mm. you've got a problem. And in that study that I was reading, it says that Donald Trump it, it has got a narcissistic personality disorder. I don't know who has diagnosed him, but in this study it said that he had it. And, you know, from his tweets when he's saying, big crowd, and, you know, he really wants to be liked and he has no empathy for others. Like, that is someone I do not want to be like. Do you think mm. there's any, like, warnings, maybe? I mean, we've just spent 40 minutes talking about how we care about the service industry. I don't think we are lacking empathy, but we're obviously narcissistic as well. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think we all have a little bit inside us, and if it's fed, it's fed. But can I just say on the other side as well, because we're being, like, not down, but we're like highlighting some of the negative sides of social media. Like, there is something, if you are a young person, and again, like what you said, Gemma, there, I think we all echo, like, not experts in this at all, just people who've experienced stuff, spoken to people, and chatting about what we think about it. But um, I think, like, there is something, if you are a young person and you're suffering, whether it's with something actually di diagnosable, or whether it's just that you're feeling shit about yourself, whatever, having the, the opportunity to connect with people in a way that, if you're, especially if you're quite shy, you might not be able to in real life, can also help people in mm. a positive way. So it kind of goes both ways. So I don't want to just be like down on it. And say no, yeah, absolutely. No, and I d that's why I wanted to hear how people express it, because I often find myself feeling so impassioned by certain things that I wonder whether I'm on the edge of rant, and I don't want to be ranty. Like, I want nuance, I want discussion, mm. and I want to be uh, challenged, and I want, I, d I don't want to be, like, up too upset or like, mm. you know, there is not wrong or right, and I feel like, again, social media exacerbates this kind of black and white print of, this is exactly how I feel about something. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, you, it, not, social media can't be blamed for narcissistic personality disorder, but as to whether it's a part of like the big tapestry, mm. it is, it's, 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 it's glaring me so. Because we should talk about your show a bit, just quickly, because that's an example of you're putting on a show and a performance that is all about empathy, isn't it? It's all about putting across something that you want an audience of people to feel something. And obviously that, Social media can't tell stories in a way that other things like performance can. Yeah, in that way. Um, yeah, so I suppose that that, that show was uh, particularly, it's called My Beautiful Black Dog, and it was made three years ago, and we've now been, we're just about to end tour, with the tour in October, um, end touring it. It was made from an instinct of actually coming of age like in my mid-twenties and feeling very alone mm. because I didn't know how to reach out or communicate um, with friends um, about feeling very alone and actually feeling very anxious and depressed so I needed to find a language for that for, for that so I put it because I've always written poems and songs I put it into a show and then um, then when it when it was when it when it when it was put you know on, on in a theatre space or a gig venue, it would be a catalyst for other people to open up in the in the in the pub or in the bar afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it's that very that amazing thing about about that live thing is very immediate, um, and I think gigs make you feel like that, and you know even cinema and loads of things, loads of things. But going back to um, what you were saying earlier about um, 
there is something wonderful about that social media uh, thing as well because it links people especially for women and young women um you know on twitter and on instagram there's this there's this group of young ladies that come to, uh, to that come to uh, gigs, some, some of the gigs um, that I do, and they, they call themselves Girl Gang, and I think they started from a movement that Kate Nash, the musician, did a few years ago where she sort of called all her, like, you know, called all her um, people that came to her gigs uh, a girl gang, and then there was a massive hashtag, and then they were very young when it started, and there was these young women from everywhere that just loved going to see live music, connecting on the internet, yeah, taking some selfies or group pictures, covered in glitter or whatever they wanted to be covered in, a lot of them from different parts of the country that hadn't met, and then meeting at gigs, and as that carried on and as I started to meet them I saw more different ones coming from Hastings from Bromley from here all meeting up and now they're this big network that have got each other's backs forever and yes they are very active on social media but they also go and do that live experience that live togetherness thing together as well which I think is all about balance yeah, to, so right. so to keep ourselves and those and those like kind of modern age Matildas that are, you know are in their room mm. um, you know finding the these little pockets of things that are going on um, around the world through the internet and through Instagram and hashtags. That's so the biggest positive thing. And then maybe in a few years time when they're allowed to go out on their own acting upon those incredible things that they found out through that, Instagram. That, the way you've just said it makes it so clear that actually it is an addiction then. Because like you just said, if you're taking a few selfies, going out, having fun, managing it well, great. Mm. If you're in, alone in your room taking 60 selfies in a room on your own, it, that's the same as smoking 20 fags out of a window on your own, isn't mm. it? Like, yeah. the, that balance. No, I, I think there we are. True. We can really identify addiction, can't we, in terms of like the classic addictions, such as smoking, a huge phenomenon that was totally normal and like normalised in our society. And the backlash against that has been so huge. And one can even imagine the fact that you'd be able to smoke on a plane, like not that long ago, like in our parents' yeah. lifetime. Um, but we've identified those addictions and alcohol as well and drugs, obviously. Um, but we absolutely have to uh, talk about the, the latest thing, and that is our addiction to our devices, to social media and ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that's the key. It's like you're not saying there's anything wrong with taking a selfie or being on social media, but it's about talking about it yeah. opening the conversation like we're doing now and hopefully like mm. people will continue to do and some education and especially mm. for young people who are coming to a point where they're going to become exposed and be allowed to join up and stuff like that just to make them really aware of the, the benefits but also and the, the good stuff that's out there yeah. like, you know you're talking about girl gang we're talking about your show my beautiful black dog like i i scream about it for people to come and see that for reasons that it does open up a dialogue and it does make you feel more connected and that's why i love working in a live sphere as well as all sorts of spheres it's really important and mm. I, and i just and you know what we were saying yesterday we had a meeting yesterday about um theatre and the importance of it and the connectivity of a live experience and how genreless that mm. is these days. And um, the guy, Rob, that we were meeting, who works for an amazing production company called Boundless, he was saying about how young people are kind of like rejigging education in terms of how they're educating themselves via the internet in a really exciting way. Like He was talking about like a movement towards philosophy, so philosophizing on Tumblr, mm. like, and and spreading like some deep ass shit, like via <laughs> Tumblr. And I was like, yes, 
Move over Socrates. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't have necessarily been following Kim Kardashian, me, age 13, when I think about that, that scares me. But maybe if I could, like, learn about philosophy on Tumblr, that could have yeah. been cool. Yeah. 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 And also not demanding too much of each other, because the reason we're anxious that we've got... 20 emails in five minutes and oh we haven't checked them is because people expect you to reply mm. straight away what's that mm. email it's like yeah. sometimes it's just like I want to just disappear for two days in a cave yeah. <laughs> I fantasize about it all the time everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger McNuggets or McCrispy Sandwich but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day that crispy fish that savory tartar sauce that melty cheese that pillowy bun yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I fantasize about just... I'm definitely going to try some sort of detox at some point. I know I'm less busy, which is never. I'd but I'm to just going to. I'm just, I'm just, I'm throwing it away for a bit. At some point, I'm throwing it away. Do you all know that every generation, like every time there's like something new, like the new big thing, like obviously now social media is quite young, it's quite new, so we're still learning a lot about it and about ourselves as well. But like, someone, I was reading a really interesting article and they were saying like, there's always been something that people freak out about, like whether it's television or cars. And they said even back, um, like Socrates mm. wrote about writing as how it was like the death of thought because people now could write things down mm. and how it would like yeah. ruin our brains. So like, wow. it's interesting to go like, you know, there are issues and we need to educate and talk about yeah. it all, but this will one day be seen as probably as normal as, as something like yeah. writing. Absolutely, yeah. So my topic that I wanted to get off my breast is um, basically I did a um, TV advert earlier this year and, it, and I guess I was exposed to more people and I got a lot of comments that were um, calling me a hipster. And it was like, in a, in a derogatory sense, they'd be like, smug hipster, um, hipster nonsense, um, you know, just like, just, Stop. they called me that. And I just thought, I don't, I don't have any association with that word, really. I hear it a bit, and I know that it means, like, someone with a beard and someone with a beanie hat, <laughs> someone that lives in, like, a gentrified area of London, which, sorry, I do. But also... Have you got a beard? <laughs> I haven't seen that. Got a beard. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh, God, I am the stereotype. But um, what I don't like is um, being labelled in that way because I, I don't label other people and it's just like, well, why would you just diminish me to this thing? But also, um, do you remember when the cereal cafe in East London got, like, attacked and it was, like, all of this news of... It, like, people hated them because they came to the neighbourhood and I was torn by that because I did understand people's reactions but I also thought, that's a local business and they're two people. Mm. So I just so thought, that what do you think? they just sold, like, right cereal. Yeah, and, oh, and oh, everyone... Like, five quid a bowl or something like that. Yeah. So and everyone was kind of, like, It curious. was, like, a hipster backlash, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just wondered, like, what you guys thought, because I guess the word has history. It, never, it actually used to be a positive word. Yeah, it used to be mm. um, cool. It used to be cool. Hip, isn't it? Did well, it, come, yeah. did it come, Do you ever get called it? Is Margate hipster now? Or? Well, they, Definitely, Margate is called hipster. Yeah, they call Margate hipster a lot. Hackney on scene. I just yeah. ignore it because it's like there's so many different types of people that live in Thanet. Mm. <laughs> it's like it's really funny, like that 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 that's that that, that, that that's a label because um, it's like the rise of vaping and the rise of like avocado and blah 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 <laughs> like do you uh, would you ever, would you ever use that word because i just feel like it's just so no. funny i don't know why like all of this discussion when it, like which happens a lot i feel like people talk about hipsterism a lot particularly when you're talking about it from a marketing and commodity perspective it's oh, yeah. actually because hilarious also you know blue bottle coffee yeah it's like sold in la and you do feel like a hipster in there <laughs> nestle have just bought it 
Wow. And like, so Nestle, who I, I mean, they have a history that I'm not comfortable with. Mm. Like, I won't be buying that product anymore. Mm. It was like, big coffee chain buys hipster business. And I'm like, oh, yeah. it's all just got really grim. Do you want to know where it came from originally? Yeah, I've, just, I've had to Google, our old friend Google. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was actually from the 1940s in like the jazz scene. And it was people who used to like, use their hips to, to dance to jazz oh. and then they were seen as like the hip people like the cool <laughs> people yeah the first hipster there That's we go hilarious. I might get hips tattooed Ca- my oh, hips. sorry <laughs> it was officially first called as characters who like hot jazz <laughs> yeah so Emma take it as a compliment you just <laughs> like hot jazz I'm gonna reclaim re- it <laughs> I think Bullying in any in any forum um, and labelling um, in any play in, in that has no place actually, and it, it exists. But I think it's disgusting and it's horrible that you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I won't use that word. I won't use anything that generalises a whole bunch of people ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like have you seen? Um, it only went up yesterday, I think. So depends on when you're listening to this. It was a while ago, because everything moves so quickly. <laughs> um, Sophie Hagen, who's an awesome comedian and writer, and she's got brilliant podcasts as well. Um, she wrote a piece on the Independent, or in the Independent, depending on how you view the world, um, um, about which is a kind of like a sort of statement on a lot of trolling she got for a picture that she posted of herself in a swimsuit and Sophie is a big girl and she's beautiful Mm -hmm. but because of her size and her being on the internet in that context it for somehow facilitated the floodgates to be opened for her to be trolled Mm -hmm. and attacked and told to go and die and um she just wrote a really 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 funny really sweary which is kind of liberating um piece in the independent about just like, I'm really busy, like, fuck off. <laughs> and I look fit in that picture, and she does. Yeah, good for her. And it's just, it's just funny and good, and I think it's kind of all right to just stick your finger up, because everyone always says, ignore the trolls, ignore the trolls. Yeah. But I actually think it's fine to just go, do you know, if someone came up to me in the street and was derogative, like, yeah. I just, that's, that's it. And also, fun. like, just put my hands up, like, I, I don't think, I think I could be called worse things, and I actually, like, I, I can brush that off very, yeah. very easily. I just, I actually find it quite funny. Yeah. But I think when trolling gets really nasty like that, like, I was actually with um, the girls who write for the Metro yesterday, and they, because the Metro is obviously the biggest, one of the biggest circulation newspapers in London, the, you know, they get death, uh, death threats off the back of a piece about how, um, like, what, what was one of the examples, like, how one of them doesn't like roast dinners or something. It was like a really sort of like, you know those things where you write something that mm. you, to stir up the pot of it? And they were like, yeah, we get like all, sort, all sorts of threats and it was really, really sad. But I just thought, why like, why stick people in a box like immediately? Mm. That's why I don't but like I think that. we have a tendency now, and I think it's partly like this whole thing of Twitter as well, that like you have 140 characters to make your point. Yeah, so, 280 now. 280, yeah. okay, how so changed. Um, well, interesting to see if that actually changes the way people insult people online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think you have to be like really more threatening your language. But what what I find about what you were just saying there about a hipster, and I know we've talked in another episode about the word snowflake as well. When people use those kinds of labels, I feel like they're just trying to reduce what you're saying and your opinion on it, and mm. by saying you you can be dismissed mm. as this. And you know, I think it's like the worst form of argument 
because it's like it's basically it's not it's no point at all and it's just trying to fling an insult at you call you a name and not actually in any way like if, if for example with that ad they'd wanted to open up a conversation about what they found objectionable okay fine you would have had a great conversation with them probably yeah. could have even been interesting but to just call you a hipster like it's just so pointless <laughs> what does it even mean and yeah. it's reducing everything about you as a woman and as a person into a nonsense label yeah. and, and it's just because we, yeah. we want to we want to box things don't we and we are in such a time of like of trying to define like a really noisy world mm -hmm. so we're trying to wrap things up in our language and our communication like as quickly as possible to move on to the next mm. thing because we're moving so quickly so just to be able yeah. to clump hipster on something mm. is yeah. kind of easy you know and like and I agree in terms of as a, as a sense or as not even a sentence as a word I used to like years ago when I was like living in East London when I found it like a hotbed of excitement and creativity and I had like the best nights out ever and that could wear my pyjamas all, all day long <laughs> and like and just had so much fun and I could just be like and then when the hipster, the hipster word started getting used in that context, I was like, I would have a business meeting with someone, not a business meeting, I was definitely not having them, but like a meeting, an opportunistic meeting with someone. I'd be like, yeah, you know me, just like I'm just a hipster. And um, it was kind of way more funny like fun and yeah. like represented like potentially, and everyone uses creative now, mm. but like it represented something that I could identify with um, and was a sort of lighthearted way of saying like, I, I kind of I enjoy my life so, can it, yeah. so can it be useful yeah. then actually can it just be like a shortcut sometimes so like if I'm having a conversation with you guys and I'm describing someone I go you know he's a bit of a hipster like we automatically will know what I mean yeah. so is it like just a useful shortcut in a way but in a way not now because I would hate to be described as that now yeah. Yeah. and I would never go to a meeting and be like I'm just a bit of it like I'm like <laughs> I'm a businesswoman and I'm I'm an author you know I wouldn't be like a hipster author like like what's that about and I, I do something you know even like stuff like I'm crazy I wear like crazy clothes like I would like it's bullshit yeah. like Basically, it's contextualizing it's contextualizing and defining something that's not even real complex people with different layers and different sides like that's my whole thing at the moment with no no I can't define my career very easily yeah like, when people say what do you do I'm like god knows how to explain it mm. because, and people are like oh give me something so I can box you in quickly mm. but don't let them mm. yeah I'm not into the word and actually like it's a really interesting point to think about in terms of like how we are using language and how language is getting claimed a lot to help sell things and how we should be not feeling guilty to represent ourselves in different ways mm. all of the time mm. and for that to evolve continuously. Because I was going to say, it's, it's a marketing thing as well, isn't it? It's whether, and whether it's in what you were talking about, you know, when you were younger and you were trying to maybe explain to someone what you bring to the table yeah. in a way you wouldn't now, like you were marketing yourself maybe a bit. Yeah. And now someone who's trying to sell a book, for example, or a performance might try and think of like those kind of buzzy marketing words, yeah. just to shortcut it and mm. try it's and hide it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard all the time, isn't it? Like when we, because I work on Bree's show, like I exec produce my beautiful black dog, and it's been such an interesting journey because, in so many ways, it is so much about a feeling and an experience. And it's, you know, we summarize it as part gig, part theatre, and it's a punk musical about depression. And 
I've seen the word depression become commodified since we started the journey three years ago. So when I was really deeply thinking about rewriting the press release, I started to say it was a love story because it's an ode to life. It's about love mm. and it's about feelings rather than thinking about how, selling it on this, what's become a strange buzzword called depression. Like, what the fuck is that about? It's a very real thing that people, you know, kills people every exactly. day. So, so it's yeah. really important that that isn't like just something that's just going to sell a new guru's book in mm -hmm. some ways. Yeah. You know, so being able to wrap things up um, and like use language and conversation in the same way that podcast does, same way that live theatre might take you on a journey and appreciating like the arts and individuality and being kinder to each other is a, is a really important place to, to come to and to keep experimenting with. Yeah, and I want to tell you that hipster's got the word hip in it. You're definitely hip <laughs> and you're deep and thoughtful. So fuck them. <laughs> and you've got great hips. Yeah. Right, we've all got to go out like dancing to some yeah. jazz, some hot jazz. Yeah, let's go dance some hot jazz tonight, ladies. I'm well up for that. Thank you so much that yeah. was amazing and we thank you it's been both. such a pleasure Brie can I just ask and Brie and Gemma how do people go and see your show if they want to go and we've talked a bit about it so we should probably say like where and what they where can find and when. more yeah right it's going on tour it's beginning in Oxford on the 9th um, at the North Wall on the 9th of, of October sorry um, <laughs> October then it's heading to Sheffield um, and no, Liverpool for two nights at the Unity Theatre, Sheffield, um, uh, Picture House Social, Birmingham Rep, and it ends at the Roundhouse on the 27th and 28th of October, and it's the last hurrah of it, and then um, the month after, the live music will be released online oh and be God. able to Brilliant. be bought and stuff. Is there a website? We can check there out. There is. It's brigitteaphrodite.co.uk. And I saw the show two years ago, and it was the best thing ever. Oh, and literally, nice. like, I can't stop thinking about it even Bring now. people. So, go see it. If you're listening, bring anybody that you know, or, or you're just yourself, that is interested in any of the things that we've said, especially if you love life, and maybe if you know somebody that's struggling in any way, um, whether you're, you're suspicious that they may be struggling or they've been open about that because there's many different degrees on the spectrum of, of our sort of labyrinth of mental health. And if you are particularly worried about someone or maybe yourself, then I urge you to take them to this beautiful piece of work because it's very special and you'll never forget it. Thank you so much once Thank again, you. ladies. It's been a pleasure. Now let's go out and enjoy some hot yeah! jazz. Hope you enjoyed that episode of Get It Off Your Breast with Gemma Kearney and Brigitte Aphrodite. That was quite the episode. Lots of opinions shared. So please tune in next week for another episode of Get It Off Your Breast with another amazing guest. We have the legendary Connie Huck with us. And tune in then. <laughs>